On today's episode of Locked On 76ers, Keith and I discuss Tyrese Maxey and his place in the city, not just as a player, but a person who seems to be really captivating the city. We'll get into that next and why that means so much right here, Locked On 76ers. What's up, D? What's up, Keith? How you doing, man? Good to be back with you. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's good. It's good. It's been a week, huh? <laughs> yeah, it's been a week. It's been, been a busy week. week. Well, we need to get back into it ourselves, man. Welcome everybody uh, to Locked On Seventy Sixes. I'm Devon Gibbons from Ninety Seven Five Fanatic Radio in Philadelphia, alongside my co-host and partner, is always here on Locked On Seventy Sixes, Keith Pompey, the Sixers beat writer. We thank you all for making Locked On 76ers your first listen. Just remember, Locked On 76ers is free and available, so spread the word all all platforms, including at YouTube at Locked On 76ers. So listen, man, uh, while you were away and you know handling the business that you had to handle, uh, we had a chance to see, even though I know you tweeted it out there because you got wind of it pretty early, Tyrese Maxey had a basketball camp here in town. Uh, to begin a three-city basketball camp tour for him. But, you know, having himself go to uh, back home to his state of Texas and then also to Kentucky where he played the one-year collegiately for the Wildcats. But he started off here, man, and it, it just made me think about what his place is because looking at some of the video and some of the highlights from that day on Saturday with his camp with kids, and it was free, right, Keith? So – that, that was also a big thing for the local kids to be able to go out there, see somebody and uh, see somebody that they like. And Tyrese Maxey feel like they can just reach out and touch. And, and he's right there. And his personality, how personable he is. And you know he was going to do it right. And from all accounts, he did. But even before that, when it was just simply announced, when you put it out there, when it was put out there uh, by his camp and by the team and all, you just read some of the comments on social media where, this kid has it right. This kid has it right. He's very uh, likable. People just love him. He has star written all over him, which I agree with. He, I think he does have star written all over him. Uh, this right here, again, just kind of cements him for right now where we are as one of, at the top of one of the most favorite people, most likable people in, in sports. And we're not talking about somebody who doesn't mean a lot to the team because we know what he means to the 76ers. Why do you think that is about him? Why does he connect so well with the city and the fan base? I think it has it has to go with how he was raised. I mean, if you want to be real with it, I mean, you know, he's a likable dude. He's a humble dude. But you got to give credit to his mom and dad. I mean, it starts there. And you got to give credit to their parents because they instilled it into them. Um, you know, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, when you were a kid growing up and you know how, like, you know, you, you were raised a certain way. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. Yes, sir. No, sir. You know, that, that's how Tyrese Maxey is. I mean, the, the one thing that really stood out to me was um, how, like, whenever he sees ladies, he calls them Miss such and such. You know, he doesn't have to do that, but that's just who he is. Yeah. And, I, and I think that, you know, when you look at it, Tyrese Maxey is a guy from um, Garland, Texas, which is a suburb of um of of Dallas, right? It's kind of like, you know, he but there's two high schools there. Well, he went to the the one school that South Garland that's been down on his luck in a couple of years because what? His father wanted him to be there. 
He won the, you know, he he could have, you know, Tyrese Maxey was a, the number one player in, in, in the state of Texas. He was a McDonald's All-American. He could have easily went to Mount Verde Academy. He could have went to Oak Hill Academy. He could have went to some private school somewhere in Texas. But nah, he stayed and went to the public school. The public school that, you know, was kind of like down on his luck when it came down to basketball recently. But he went there. He was like the valedictorian, everything. So I, I think when we look at this and we see who he is, it has a lot to do with how he was raised in his upbringing. Absolutely. And for him to follow through, that's not an easy thing to do. We can all get the right upbringing and, and do all of that, but not following through is a big part of it. And that's exactly what he does. You, t- you talked about the seeing the ladies and, and the women, and he calls them Miss, Miss whoever, Miss X. And, and he always shows that respect in that way. He does it with the men too, Keith, because he is still a 21, what, 21 year old kid. And he makes sure that he says, Mr so-and-so to a lot of people, especially in the media, when he's addressing them. And it, it is a really cool thing to see whenever you see him away from the arena and in different settings, just normal settings, he's the same. He, he never changes, and, and he's all, always that. So uh, to see that and to see that he aspires to continue to do that and the part that we also care about once we got to know him, uh, looking and, and really enjoying that, that person that he is, is the basketball part of it. Um, how much do you think, because I do think he has star written all over him. Whether he reaches it, we don't know. But the one thing we do know is he's going to work hard to achieve that. Do you agree that he does have that star written all over him? And what is his ceiling? Oh, man, it's, it's kind of hard to say right now. Um, well, I mean, I, I think he could become an all-star. I do. I mean, I think he could develop into an all-star. You know, right now with, with him being the young buck on his team, it's kind of sort of like, you know, his the time isn't exactly now for him, but but I can see the torch being passed once this pass is going to be to him. I mean, when you look at it, I hate to say it, like you know, Embiid is has an injury history. James Harden is in his thirties. Um, you know, Maxie's the type of guy. If you're the Seventy Sixers, you know, you're not going to trade him. You, you you're going to keep him on because once Embiid's career is over with and Harden's career is over it. You got a superstar right here, you know, and, and, and like, I don't want to compare him to elites and, and, but it, it, it believes it's kind of, sort of, kind of, sort of like how, um, like Barkley was when he played with Doc and Moses. Now, again, I feel kind of crazy saying that because Barkley's such a great guy, but what I mean by that is, you got a guy, now he wasn't like the top pick like Barkley and them, but what it is is you're in a situation where you are can blossom to become an elite talent, but you can also learn from Hall of Famers on how to play the game sure. and to yeah. do certain things so where the torch can be passed. So maybe that's not a real good comparison from an all-star type thing because I don't want to put that pressure on him. But what I'm just saying is, like he's just this guy who can come in here where he has elites in front of him and he can learn. But I do expect him, if he's not traded, to be that guy to whereas when it torches, the torch is passed that he's he's going to be the face of the franchise. I mean, let's face it. The Sixers are going to have a new arena in 10 years from now. And the hope and the wish is because MB's not going to be here. Harden's not going to be here. 
But the hope is if the Sixers want to sell tickets, is that Maxi becomes the guy to where everyone is going to want to see Maxi playing in, at a in year 13 of his career. Yeah, and he, but you know what? It's, it's funny. You look at these players nowadays, and it just seems like if yeah. they stay healthy, they 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 play. They play. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And but and then hopefully you'll get for the Sixers that, that they'll get somebody else to play alongside them. Well, I, I think he'll I think he'll reach and achieve that level of, of stardom in the NBA. Again, maybe an all-star. I certainly didn't say superstar. So before anybody jumps on me about that, I chose my words correctly. I think he has star potential in this league. So we'll see how soon he gets there. And and also, I want to make sure people don't get this twisted. Like I said, I'm not comparing him to Charles Barkley. I don't want to put that pressure on him. Not what I'm trying to say is he's in a situation where you can now, the thing is his situation is different because he was the 21st pick. Yes. But at the same time, he's a young guy who can ascend to, uh, ascend to become an all-star who is fortunate enough to have two Hall of Famers on his roster that he can learn from. And as much as they were at least reportedly searching for that third star key, might have already had him in their own, in their, on their own roster, in their own locker room. Uh, next up, the man who is guiding this team to uh, reach those levels that we always talk about, which is deep into the postseason, Hopefully the NBA Finals. Doc Rivers, we haven't talked much about him this offseason. He's been very, very quiet this offseason, and uh, maybe that's on purpose, maybe not. But overall, we need to talk about him next and uh, how much pressure is on him for this upcoming year. And in our final segment, we'll also talk about the six-man role. With them being deeper, George Niang seemed to be the sixth man of last season. Does he remain the same? We'll answer that question in the final one right here on Locked On 76s. But first, I need to tell everybody, as it's been so hot, Built Bar, right? No candy, no cakes, none of that stuff. You're out there working out here in Philadelphia. If you haven't tried Built Bar Puffs yet, you're depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. And guess what? There's a new flavor. Ready? Delicious, indulgent cookie dough. Yes, y'all digging into those twists of the, the tubes of the cookie dough and scooping them out with a spoon and eating them. Well, we have covered in chocolate. That's right. Bill has done it again. Let me introduce you to a new favorite. Cookie dough chunk puffs have a light and chewy texture, real cookie chunks, dough chunks, and of course, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Run to built.com to snag a box for you and your family. Only 160 calories and a whopping 15 grams of protein in them is the perfect treat. Or you can find a really good hiding place and just pour them for yourself if you don't want to share them. Overall, what's great about Built is uh, all their bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides a ton of health benefits. Eat something that tastes good and is good for you. You're going to love the cookie dough chunk. Puffs Built is a better, perfect protein bar, and they taste better than a candy bar. Dish the calories, the fat, and the sugar. Grab yourself a Built bar. Just simply go to Built.com. Use promo code LOCK15. Tell them that Keith and I sent you and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 to jump in on the Built Bars. And tell them to do it today, people. Do it today. <laughs> Say, Built Bar, send me my stuff today, people. Yes, Built Bar. We're, we're, we're Built Bar, send the people the stuff. All right? Get those protein bars out there. And mine, too, because I haven't got my new shit. So there you go. Look at that. After that fine reading. <laughs> Welcome back to Locked On 76ers. It's the summertime. We're having fun. It's August. We can have some fun as uh, we thank you again for hanging out with us on this Monday. 
And uh, we thank you for making Locked On 76 as your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast for nightly recaps of every NBA game, where there's going to be great conversation with analysis from our local experts. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. You may find one of us on there from time to time, like Keith has been known to pop up every now and then on the Locked On Now podcast. But we need to talk about Doc Rivers, man. He's been real quiet this offseason. And again, as I said before we stepped away, maybe that was by design. And uh, with that, he's kind of gone under the radar a little bit. We, we, we did see the, uh, the press release when James Harden officially locked in for, with the, his contract with the team. And uh, they had a couple of quotes from him. We also saw uh, him speaking to Vince Carter on his podcast, Keith. And, uh, you know, looking from afar, and, you know, you mentioned this before I did, and it was a great question. Uh, is there a lot of pressure? Is he, you know, is this, is he a lot of pressure for Doc Rivers for this season where he might be at the end, you know, trying to save his job? Yeah, I, I think there is. I mean, here's the thing. I, I think it's it's two ways. If James Harden comes out and he plays the way that he played last year, talking about if he struggles, then the people are going to look at it like, ooh, Daryl, 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 right? What did you do, right? Even though the guy opted out of the money, and people are still saying we got him for two years, right? But aside from that, the pressure's on 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 Doc. I was about to say Brett Brown. The pressure's on Doc Rivers because when you look at it, year three, you know, huh? Year three is it's year three. And and the thing is, let's face it, you know when you when you go out there and you got two Hall of Famers on your team, future Hall of Famers. You have Tyrese Maxey, and you go out there and you say, we needed toughness. So you upgrade the roster, and you got three tough players who can all hit threes. Three three and D guys, right, that you need. This team shouldn't lose in the second round. Matter of fact, this team should be contending for the Eastern Conference Finals, right? And if you you don't do that, Mm -hmm. Doc Rivers is, you're going to look at it and say, hey, look, we got Harden and Embiid. Maxi is thriving. We got everything that you needed to win a championship. To buy why are we winners? There's a fourth option. Uh, why, why haven't we won? And I think with that being said, people are going to look at the coach. And they're going to say, you know what, Doc? It's like you got to do better. And I, I think that's exactly what's going to happen if Doc Rivers doesn't, if he struggles this year. So I think that's what's going to happen. And even I'll go even further for, for me. It's it's not even about the only the only reason it would be about the regular season. Keith is if uh, they don't reach their fifty one plateau in the top three seed in the Eastern Conference that is expected of them. Because as we've talked about, that's a norm. That's the standard. That's what it's supposed to be. So as long as they get there, everything will be fine. It's about the postseason. It's about advancing past that second round, as you said, being a contender can no longer have second round exits. I don't care how good the other teams in the East are. You have to get past them. They have to stop you. And uh, we can come up with not even, I mean, listen, they have an advance. You can say Joel Embiid with the broken face and the hand. That is a fact that did happen that way. And others didn't step up where he was trying to play through that stuff. But in the end, you have to get past the second round. There's no longer, you haven't done anything better than what Brett Brown did. And Brett Brown got to a game seven too, so it, it just doesn't it doesn't um, doesn't matter anymore about the regular season. 
unless they don't have the top three seed and they underperform in the preseason, I mean, in the regular season. Now look, if they're a six seed and somehow they get it together in the postseason and go to the Eastern Conference Finals or the NBA Finals, then he's safe. Then he'll be fine. But uh, we'll be paying attention to these scenarios. But there's definitely pressure on Doc Rivers this season uh, to make sure that they advance past the second round, 100%, 100%. So I, I'm in agreement with you on that one. And with that, uh, one of the new additions that uh, have been talked about is my six-man candidate, DeAnthony Melton. We'll find out what Keith's is, and maybe as you guys make your comments after the show and leave them for us on social media or however you guys are going to do it, we'll see what you guys think about the six-man and who that should be and why that's going to be an important role for this basketball team. That's next right here, Locked On 76ers. 70, Locked On 76ers, Keith Pompey, Devon Givens. Welcome back, Keith. A lot of changes made last season. George Nian, six-man of this basketball team, the more consistent guy off the bench, the most consistent as the first one to step off. And sometimes it doesn't really mean that it, it, yes, you are the sixth man, but you might be the seventh man on a couple of nights just based on foul trouble and things of that nature. But the guy we look to to come off the bench first is important. The waves that Doc Rivers likes to substitute where he would have both Harden and Harris come off as the first substitutions. Then then that would be, uh, let's say, uh, Danny Green at the time with George Niang. They would, come, they would come into the game and Tyrese Maxey would take over the ball handling responsibilities. Maxi and Embiid then come out as that second wave, and then they just funnel in how they do. But for them now being deeper, we believe. Who is your candidate for the six man for this basketball team? You know, I, I keep I keep going back and forth because I I think that what we're going to see is we may see a different rotation then, right? I mean, we may see Tobias staying a little bit longer, right? And so I, I do see Melton prop being the first guy, first guy coming off the bench. But I, I, I could like I, I could see another another guard come in with him. Like I could see Melton coming in, and possibly Matisse coming in as well. Right. And whereas you ha- you slide Tobias to the four, right? You know what I mean? Uh, in, in that instance, and 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 the reason, but but I do see Melton being there now if. We're assuming nobody gets traded, right? Nobody else. But I do see Melton coming in at the same time with Matisse. Reason being, the reason why I'm doing this is not about those two, but when you have those guys on the floor, that's going to enable Tobias to be more of the focal point. And he can have a two-man game in there with, let's assume if, if it's, you know, Maxi too in there, but that's a lot of guards. But I do think that Tobias will stay in longer or I assume he could, and then you can like run the offense through him. But I do see Melton um, coming coming in early, being the the, the the sixth man. But I also see Matisse coming in with him as well. Yeah, and then the other candidate that I actually look at is is uh, Daniel House, and looking at House because uh, let's say Tucker, who I think will start is the first substitution they want to give him a quick breather and they bring in house as the guy instead of another guard where it's house being more of a wing with harris harden and maxi to go along with Embiid, which is more of a again a natural fit when you just talk substituting wing for wing house for for tucker so there there are a couple of candidates there may be some games where 
the matchup calls for George Niang to be the first one off the bench or Matisse Thibault to be the lone one to come off the bench first. I think with a lot of options there now, um, they can go in a lot of different ways. And as you said, situation is different now where there's depth. So they don't have to do it that way anymore where you had to keep two on the floor at all times because of the lack of lack of uh, depth that you had there with the other players behind them coming off the bench. You feel more comfortable. So now maybe it will be one. Maybe it will be two just because that's how the game is flowing. And it's like, okay, right now Harden doesn't have it. Let's get him off the floor real quick. Give him a quick breather. Bring him back faster because of how, how things are playing out for James Harden in that moment. So Doc Rivers is going to have a lot of different options to go in a lot of different areas when it comes to the six man. But I think, and we're in agreement here right now, at least today, that De'Anthony Melton is probably the candidate to be the first one to come off more consistently off the bench for the 76 or so. Very interesting uh, to see. It's, it's fun to have these type of conversations knowing that, again, they're going to be a good basketball team and they just simply now have to put it all together uh, as well. So good stuff, man. As always, great to catch up with you. On, a, on these summer days, man, where once again, we let people know that we are doing three podcasts a week. We're going to do four this week, four next week, because things got so hectic for us with our schedules that we were unable to do so last week. So we'll make sure we bring four this week and four next week uh, for everybody here on the Locked On 76ers podcast. We thank you for making Locked On 76ers your first listen every day. Then make your second listen, Locked On NBA. We're Locked On experts are covering the biggest stories around the NBA in less than 30 minutes. Every Monday through Friday is free and available wherever you do get your podcast. Keep let people know where they can uh, talk with us and send us some of their thoughts on not only Tyrese Maxey, Doc Rivers, but also the sixth man for next season. Where can they reach out to us? Well, my man, like my man D said, wherever you get your podcast, you can get this podcast, right? I mean, that's the, our regular podcast, the one you listen to. But, hey, if you want to watch us and, and see us and you want to get the YouTube channel, go to Locked On 76ers YouTube channel. When you see the Liberty Bell, click on the Liberty Bell, and that's how you become a subscriber. That way you'll get, you know, all our, our podcasts. Uh, also, what you want to do is you want to go to 97.5 FM from 6 to 10 p.m., and you can listen to my man D. Go to his uh, Divine Giving show, and you can do that from 6 to 10 on Mondays through Fridays. You now can I'm off this week. I need oh, a break. Off this week. Well, next need a break. Week, my brother needed a break. So, but make sure you do that next week. So, um, today is uh, Monday, so I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad you set me straight. But I'm still going to listen to whoever's on there. So I will be there. Listen, yeah, listen to him. Yeah. So, so then you can follow my man Divine at Divine G nine seven five on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at Pompey on Sixers. And like the, I'm off this week from my day job. My day job is uh, being a Sixers lead beat writer, beat reporter for the uh, Philadelphia Inquirer. So I'm off this week. But make sure that you follow our Sixers coverage on Inquirer.com. And make sure you listen to 97.5 FM and also all the Locked On uh, podcast channels. For sure. And uh, everybody stay cool. Enjoy your day here in Philadelphia or wherever you are. Enjoy your day. We hope you have a great Monday. Thanks for spending some time with us. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks, Keith. Peace, bro.